You're listening to Tabletop Arcanum, a podcast dedicated to learning and exploring the hobby of tabletop gaming. Your hosts are Justin Taylor and Richard Geese, so sit back and relax as we talk, discuss, and joke our way through the hobby we love so much. The crew wakes up from hibernation. The damage report states there's a critical system failure and the ship can't continue its cruise. The task is to find the damage, repair it, and safely return to Earth. The problem? One crew member is dead. Somebody ripped open his hibernation pod and pulled his body out. To make matters worse, you can hear noises in the vast corridors of the ship. They sound unlike anything you've heard before. When faced with the ultimate horror, will you trust your crewmates? Nemesis is a 1-5 to player space survival game with incredible miniatures and clever, immersive roles that include cooperation, bluffing, backstabbing, and all other elements of an iconic science fiction horror adventure. So welcome to Tabletop Arcanum's review of the board game. Nemesis by Awaken Realms. And we're your hosts. Justin. And Ricky. So today's episode, we are um, talking about the board game Nemesis by Awakened Realms and mm-hmm. giving you our two cents, well, probably less than two cents because that would require two cents. Mm-hmm. I got like a set and a half, something like that. I'm getting there. Wow, I've got one nickel. Is that worth anything anymore? Before we dive into our discussion and review of Nemesis, let's... Uh, Talk about what we've been doing in the meantime, other than playing Nemesis. Are you talking about our role recap? Yes. Yes, All right. So, for our role recap, I'm going to go first because I usually play a lot less than you. So, people sometimes like hearing my voice before you talk for half an hour. Whoa. (laughs) You play a lot of games. I play play games. It's also true. I was technically... uh off for a week in between these recordings, so I may have played a little more than usual. Yeah. Oh, I know you did. And, I mean, I played some games with you, so I'd rather lay claims to them before you get there. Alright. Hit it. Alright, I bet you won't believe this. You played Dinosaur Island? No. Oh. I played more Harry Potter. Hogwarts Battle. Played a few games with my girlfriend. She's now to the point that she has her friends over to play it when I'm not there. So. Still game seven? Still no game seven. Oh. I keep telling her we need to play game seven so we can finally get the uh, the expansion. Yeah, it's, uh, this expansion's even harder, so. Yeah. 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 Um, it's good, but it's harder. We played some Nemesis last week. Mm-hmm. And then we played a few games of Betrayal Legacy, which was quite a lot of fun. Very fun. The only problem is we planned it for the day that we had to find Gen Con lodging, which turned out to be as difficult as we expected, but still put everything on pause a few times throughout the uh, the day. day. Yeah. True. true. All right. Um, and then, again, we played more Nemesis after that, so. Yeah. 
Um, so with my, my hiatus from work, um, and sh shifting gears, shifting jobs, I, uh, got to give myself a little personal break, which then I, of course, slammed right into watching Mystery Science Theater 3000 and playing board games for like a week. Can't really complain, but, um, so played some Mansions of Madness, uh, one of the newer horrific journeys at, uh, train scenario. Mm-hmm. Which was very interesting in there. Um, no spoilers there, but Lily Chen and Charlie King were a pretty powerhouse team for that scenario. Or um, I would say that game in general. Got to play Discover Lands Unknown, uh, like a full version of it. That was a lot of fun. That's that unique, uh, every box is slightly different from the next box oh, yeah. uh, board game that yeah. Fancy Flight put out. You know, their, their board game that is that came out right around the same time as Keyforge mm -hmm. and used that same algorithm. Professor Evil and Citadel Time got destroyed in that game. I don't know if I've seen it that fa uh, that bad uh, in a while. Um, started a solo story for uh, Legacy of Dragonholt, which is your choose-your-own-adventure in the Runebound series. Mm. Played more Gloomhaven. Dungeon Mayhem, which is a fast-paced uh, D&D-themed card game. Highly recommend that one because it's like $15 total. Pretty much you're beating each other up until you're the last one standing. Very fast. Also very small, so it's easy to pocket around. Uh, played Between Two Castles of Mad King Ludwig from Stonemeyer Games. Mm. That kind of smash-up between, between two cities and Castles of Mad King Ludwig. Uh, I liked it a lot because it played a lot like uh, Between Two Cities. The scoring mechanic is a little rough around the edges because it took a, a little while to figure out what scored and then you have to eventually just sit down and do it. Mm -hmm. uh, soloed a game of Arkham Horror, 3rd edition. Did pretty well with that. With Nemesis, um, I brought it out to the board game night. Um, so I got a to test it out with a full five-player group. Then um, also play Tokyo Highway, which is an interesting popsicle stick dexterity-esh game where you're trying to build uh, roadways and not knock over your opponents and place your cars before theirs. And then over the weekend, right before we had the Betrayal Day, uh, I had a buddy's birthday celebration and he just wanted to play games all day so we played a couple small games like we didn't play this uh, play test this is all yeah uh we didn't play this play test this at all it could be over in one turn or it could take up a couple rounds but very fast light game that is just kind of chaos for chaos sake mm -hmm. then it apparently became restoration games uh theme and because we've not only played stop thief which was their uh, game brought to the modern era with a with a new board, new couple modernized mechanics and uh, an app based instead of like that uh, old electronic phone. Mm -hmm. And then um, a almost everything included five player Fireball Island, which was also brought back by Restoration Games. So, Mormon Nemesis played solo as well. Tried mm -hmm. that out. Been a while, so I tested out and did a solo run on um, Sentinels of the Multiverse too. Oh, beautiful. Got to play some of the newer characters from the uh, latest expansion there. So, mm. been a little busy playing games in the last couple weeks here. I did forget to mention, um, I did get episode two 
of Hunt to Killer, the um, monthly subscription detective game. Okay. Still have no idea what's going on, but we're plugging away. So, uh, are you hunting a killer or just kind of flopping around? Well, I don't want to give too many spoilers, but I yeah, I don't know. We're figuring it out. They haven't given us enough information yet for us to draw any kinds of conclusions. They've just given us a few puzzles to solve, and we solve them. Um, I mean, the nice thing is they have they have um, a website you can go to after you're done with the box just to make sure you found everything that should be in the box. Okay. And with the first two boxes, uh, me and my girlfriend have found everything there is to find. Hmm. Okay. And it's one of those things because we find... We figure out the puzzles that are there. They don't spell out the puzzles. They're just kind of hidden in, like, letters or um, on, in, like, pictures and all kinds of other stuff. Um, they put a bunch of ciphers in there. Okay. But when we get through the puzzles, we think that there should be so much more in there that we're kind of let down to find out that we haven't figured it out. But that being said, we're only two out of six boxes through this season. Okay. So, so we'll see where that goes. Yeah. I've already prepaid for it. So, you know what? We're going to find out no matter what. Okay. So, that's um, a roll recap. Do you have any news items? Anything exciting? Anything coming out, came out? Uh, we do have um, our... New Arkham Horror Cycle comes out this week. Oh. Should be hitting shelves this week. Uh, assuming it isn't frozen somewhere in the polar vortex that is taking over the Midwest here. Yeah. I mean, they're right in the, the, the thick of it. They're out in Minnesota, so... Yeah. Yeah, they are. Hopefully they all made it through. Um and speaking of Fantasy Flight, they are also, they just released the specialists for uh, Imperial and Rebels and Star Wars Legion. Those came okay. out last Thursday. And we also do have on February 9th to 10th, we are going to be playing D&D 24 hours straight for charity. So this episode will come out. We'll record the next episode that Monday afterwards. You're going to get so sick of seeing my face for 24 hours straight. And then have to go home, rinse, repeat, see me all over again. Sorry, Justin. That'll be what it is. So hopefully uh, we'll be not too stir crazy. Yeah, so yeah, that's coming up for our local gaming store doing a 24-hour D&D for charity. So we jumped in on that. Mm-hmm. So for a preview, what are you going to be playing? For preview, I am going to be... Oh, man. What is that? A half, halfling Ranger? I don't know. You wrote it up. Man, it's been so long since I did this. And by so long, I mean a week. Hold on. A week? That was supposed to be done like a month ago. Two weeks ago. Oh, yeah, so... Like three weeks ago. <laughs> Four weeks ago. Four weeks ago. Where is all my time gone? I don't know. Alright, I'm going to be a halfling ranger. I'm pretty jazzed. I've never played as a ranger, so... This is all going to be new to me. Figure I might as well get wrapped up in it. Yeah, I'm going off the deep end and went with a uh, Kenku 
rogue fighter hybrid um, just to kind of deal a lot of uh, a lot of damage and glass cannon myself without having to deal with magic because I figured uh, by hour 12 plus I'm not going to want to deal with magic systems anymore <laughs> yeah so wrote someone that was a little bit more simple to to run I just I blast arrows 90% of what I'm carrying is arrows. It's yeah. all arrows. It's a thing. Yeah. No, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So It's going to be something. So that's kind of the news and, and things going on. Um, more recent stuff in the Kickstarter realm. Um, Suro Phoenix Rising Steam. And also they've unlocked a bunch of like very pretty like rainbow-colored uh, stones for the original game and boats for the uh, Suro oh. of the Seas. So... So, oh. A lot of goodies there. The expansion for Vindication, which has been a very popular uh, Kickstarter game, uh, they launched their expansion uh, program. Mm. Uh, Sandy Peterson launched um, his short 4X space game called Hyperspace. Mm. Um, unfortunately, if you're familiar with uh, the Sandy Peterson games... It is minis out of everywhere because this is this is the company that made uh, Cthulhu Wars, mm-hmm. so it's not cheap, and it is chuck full of minis, but looks like a, a very solid quality game mm-hmm. behind it. So, got some upcoming um, Kickstarters to look out for. I'm sure there's even more. Um, Pandasaurus, I think, just launched one this week too. So, definitely, uh, now's the time to take a look at Kickstarter if you're looking for some new games that uh, get on the ground floor of. Yeah. All right, so we should probably talk about this Nemesis. Nemesai. Yeah. Nemesis by Awakened Realms. It was designed by... Adam Kapinski. And, uh, sorry, Adam, if we're butchering your name, but I tried my best. Listen to the outtakes. It was great. Right. Um, this is a one to five player, um, semi-co-op game based off of, um, no real IP or anything like that, but it definitely has a very much of a, an alien flavor to yeah. it. Um, and all of your sci-fi horror movies that are kind of spun off of that. Game time runs. So it's like 60 to, uh, 60 to 120 minutes, so an hour to two hours. I'd yeah. say... Yeah, we're in that realm. I mean, for the two of us, we're definitely we're in that realm. Um, the five-player game I played was definitely longer than that. Yeah. That was pushing the three to four hours, but there's also, like, the... I was the only one who had played, so I was four people were also learning. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took a little while for setup and, and learning and kind of teaching along the way uh, for that to go. Um, the other thing I would say... Semi-co-op is, like, part of the uh, game. I think action management is more mm-hmm. uh, of one of your primary mechanics because the way the your act, you only get, like, one or two... You get two actions a path, um, a time around the table until you pass, and you only have, some, you only have like, five action cards, and you have to spend them for everything you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to move, okay, you got to dump a card for that. You want to play a card? Well, you're probably dumping a different card for that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, action management is probably your 
primary component as far as how it plays. Um, what are your first impressions of this game? It is beautiful. Like, just straight up, it is a very, very pretty game. Um, the minis, we all know I love my minis, and they are just very well sculpted. Um, the gameplay itself, confusing when we first played through it a few times, and then we kind of got used to it. I think the last time we played it, we really found our stride. We really got in there. We really understood what we needed to do, um, understood a little bit more of the strategy behind what we were doing. Right. Um, we picked up on all those tiny rules that we missed the first time around, which may have hindered us. We don't necessarily know how it would have played out otherwise, but, I mean... It's a very pretty game as far as, like, it, it was a Kickstarter, so it's got a lot of production value packed into the box. Mm-hmm. Tons and tons of minis. Um, I'm not a painter like you, so I sprung for the Sundrop ad, which is a little extra, which is why everything's shaded... All that mm. black ink is actually put on the models, and then even the the intruders, the aliens of the ship, have like that blood effect put on them too, which is kind of that premium level. Um, you had that done on. Um, remind me, what was the other Lords of Hellas? Lords of Hellas. I could see. It's leaps and bounds ahead of what they did yes. for Lords of Hellas. Yes, it was, Lords. Lords of Hellas was the first time Awakened uh, Realms did that. Mm-hmm. And they learned a lot from that. Yeah. So this game that it, it popped. It looked beautiful. It looked really, really good. So it was mm-hmm. a definite improvement. I mean, the skull, the the miniatures themselves, same quality, still very beautiful from that game to this game. Um, but definitely with that upgrade, it really made the game pop significantly more. So let's talk about seven rules. Mm-hmm. It has an issue. Um, it's like a four-page setup, because um, luckily they did like nice big full art like of the board on one side and like the text on the other, and you kind of set up the ship in one in one page and then you flip and then you do kind of a player setup as well. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot. There's a lot of pieces going on. There's decks of cards. Mm-hmm. Um, there's character drafting, um, objective draft. Not necessarily objective drafting, but you have to get your objectives before you can get your characters because that might, once you've played the game enough, you know the objectives and your secret objectives, you may be better off playing the soldier versus the mechanic versus the Mm -hmm. pilot. Um, You may have a a more inkling of picking a particular character over another when you get that choice, knowing what your objectives are. Mm -hmm. Um... So, it takes a little while getting set up. I've gotten a little bit faster at it now that I've played a few times. But it still is a lot of setup. But once you have everything going, um, there's almost nothing left other than pulling out an, a new intruder that spawns on the board. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the only time you have to really go back to the box and yeah. have to do anything with it. So, kind of once you set up, you just it, it just runs. Um... Now, the rules book itself, I think you and I both have that same thought on it. It's a little disorganized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, it does a really good job of, after you're set up, like, this is what you do from, like, start of turn to end of turn, and then goes into your actions after that. But that middle of the book section... It's, 
it's really good at laying everything out, but when you have to reference it, good luck. Right. And that that was, I think, the big problem that we had with it. it was we were trying to figure out what one thing meant when we were looking at it, and mm-hmm. we dug through the entire book. I ended up having to Google something. There's a couple rules. There. And then after I Googled it, you looked at it and you go, oh, it's all the way in the front right here. Now I see where it is. Right. So. And there's a couple other like small rules here and there that are in like a particular weird section of the book and like where it is makes sense, but it's not where you instinctively look for it, mm-hmm. which can be frustrating if you're trying to make sure you are validating your rules uh, as you play, as mm-hmm. we do, as we are trying to play by the rules and mm-hmm. get, a, get a true review as intended without having a house, house rule or anything. Um, we already talked about the, the components. Mm-hmm. Um, the cards are a good heavy card stock. The only component I would actually um, um, nick a little bit is the scanner. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you can get these contamination cards because you know aliens are mm-hmm. trying to you know impregnate you with their little uh, alien babies, and you get these contamination cards, which are like these wound cards in your deck building games or your your dead cards in a deck building game, which is kind of an interesting mechanic in that respect. Mm-hmm. But then you have like this um, little red scanner that you can slide them into. The downside is it's just like a little cardboard scanner. It's like and those you're slipping a car, uh, one of your cards through into it, and it doesn't really have a nice like way to hold that without yeah. potentially either damaging the scanner or the card itself that you're sliding into it. It's like um, if you remember any of those. They were really big in the 90s where it'd have, like, a secret message, but you had to slide it underneath, like, a lens, and it would pop out. Yes. The way that they have it set up, yeah, I, I, it feels like the front feels a little flimsy to me. It doesn't feel like it fits very well. Yeah. It could have been put together a little bit better. I can understand for cost sake, cutting yep. corners on that aspect of it, but... I would, instead of sliding something into it, I would prefer just, like... A little bit of a card stock or, or the cardboard with a cutout with that film over it and you just lay it over your card yeah. and just call it a day. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Um, it's loosened up a little bit with uh, the times we've played, but at some point I think that's just going to be damaged. Yeah. Um, and not survive. I think that'll be the first thing that breaks. So let's talk about gameplay. So the big thing is it's a semi-co-op game. So you get your secret objectives... You get one from the corporate and one personal objective. Mm. You can't attack each other as players, but some of the objectives are this player cannot survive or X player can't survive because everyone get, kind of gets like a number based on the order of which they joined. Mm. And, you know, you might your objective in a three-player game might, might say player three can't survive. Or if you happen to be player three and were dealt that card, you must be the only one to survive. Mm. So there's your, your your kind of trader mechanic built into it. The personal objectives are a little bit more, you need to do this, or uh, I got a really good story about the five-player one um, and how that went down. I was one turn away of winning mm-hmm. with another player. Mm-hmm. Like his obje- He had completed his objective and jumped into one of the um, escape pods. And when you jump into one of these escape pods, you have that choice of, do you launch now or do you wait? Mm-hmm. And he looked at me, and he's like, I don't know if you're going to make it, I'm going to launch now, because if I don't launch now, 
everything's terrible. Um, so he takes off. The other escape pod's gone. I'm trying to make it to the other one. Intruders are everywhere. And I die. And he looks at me. He's like, I'm like, and we kind of looked at it and went, like, yeah, I probably would have made it and everything would have been okay. And my secret objective was uh, uh, best friends forever. Mm-hmm. I had to survive with at least one other person. My best friend abandoned me. Like, so one rough. Of, so rough. So that's one of the good things about this gameplay is mm-hmm. that you get these stories, you get these almost cinematic feeling stories. Because the way I imagine that almost is um, my character like running, th- you know, like both of us going through the corridors. Uh, I was technically I was playing the captain, which you played in one of our demo or one of our work games. Uh, I order him into the escape pod rooms, mm-hmm. where he then gets his turn to jump into it. And, like, I'm running after him, and he launches, and all I can imagine is that, like, all I see is the door hatch shut, it launch, and just, like, me plastered against the window going, no! <laughs> yeah. You could have waited. And it's a lot of because, I mean, this, it inspires you to just, like, imagine watching mm-hmm. an old, like, Aliens or, or any of those space horror movies. Right. The hidden traitor thing is interesting, because you get these two objectives at the start. You don't have to pick which one you're going to try for until the first intruder or alien mm-hmm. shows up. And then that's when everybody has to, like, well, this is what I'm trying going to try to do. And then um, there's a huge amount of potential of what can happen to the ship at the end, too. Mm-hmm. Which is one of the things I like and don't like at the same time. Because is the ship going to the right coordinates? Well, you, did you check the nav computer? Mm-hmm. Did someone change the the ship's course? Is it going to Earth still? Is it or is it going elsewhere? Is it their objective elsewhere? Um, you can kind of end the game by either going to sleep in the hibernation pod or an escape craft. Um, there's three potential. Uh, there's engines, and they have a fifty fifty shot of the three different engines of whether they're working or not working. Mm-hmm. If uh, two out of three are working at the end of the game, well, the ship makes it to where it's going to go. Uh, there's also many ways to lose. Like if you need to place, uh, another room on fire and you don't have any fire tokens, well, guess what? The ship's fire is out of control. Same thing goes for, uh, malfunction rooms. Too many things break, can't fix it all. So you kind of go through like this wave of, okay, where's the ship going? Is the ship going to earth? Cause that's where almost everybody needs it to go. Good. All right. Now we've done that. Next is the ship's engines working. No. Well, too bad, too sad, you lose. Oh, no. Ship's going. Ship's engine's working. How about uh, alien babies? Anyone have any alien babies in them? Check your contamination cards to see if you're infected. Uh, if you don't have any, great. You don't. You, you weren't impregnated. Mm. If you do and one's infected, then you have a, uh, a, a random draw to see if it hatches and kills you. Uh, oh, you survived that. How about that personal objective? Did you do that? So, it's like a four-stage... Um, end game check to see if you actually won or lost. And yeah. It's tension because in that five player game I said uh, one person died, they're not going to win. And they were eaten by the intruders. Uh, and then they got to play as the intruder. The first person who dies actually becomes mm-hmm. the intruder player. He had a lot of fun with that. Which was interesting to see how that turned out. Um, very deadly. Very deadly. Super murder. Yeah. Because now it's a human intelligence driving it and not just like a random card flip. 
So most of the time, the aliens are, are a random card, and they'll just mm-hmm. kind of wander around. Maybe they'll attack. Maybe, you know. So there's a little bit of randomness into it. You don't know what you're going to, and there's a lot of reaction. Um, I love the action mechanics of I have to choose the, either to play the card in my hand or use that to move or use that to shoot something or use that to mm-hmm. pick up something, whatever. Um, so I like a lot of that. Uh, your thoughts? I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed it both in the competitive or semi-co-op and then in the full co-op. Right. We did a... The last game we played was a full co-op. Just to test um, out that. And the, the big difference on that one mm-hmm. um, for, for people listening is instead of having secret objectives, there's a public objective for each player playing and all objectives have to be met for the team to succeed or fail. So mm-hmm. a little bit more, like, you don't have to worry about it. You can strategize a little bit better, mm-hmm. which we were able to do. Yeah, and and it was exactly that. You know, I felt bad the moment that you died in the game. So I'm like, I want to go and pick you up and take you to uh, the, what is it, emergency room? Right, where, yeah. the, where the queen was conveniently sitting yeah, at that point. Yeah, just kept going back and forth. And then your corpse was sitting between three adults... And yeah, they, they surrounded by um, they have a noise mechanic that um, oh, you can trip this, and then this noise mechanic is so cruel. Yeah, it's it's rough. You can trip the um, every time you move to a different room, you roll a dice. It gives you a number one through four, or um, tells you that you have to tells you that you put it down all corridors or no corridors. More rules go on top of that, but uh, in essence, you roll the dice. If you get more than one noise token on a corridor, you have to spawn something in your room. Yeah. And and they come in all shapes, sizes, and deadliness. Yeah. And it's just insane because we, we had the three near you, and then every single corridor had a noise mechanic or a, a, a noise token on it. So there was no way for me to get near you without spawning more. Yeah. So I just ended up stuck in a room trying to bide my time to figure out how to complete the game without killing myself. Right. Yeah, so it was rough. Yeah. It was rough, but technically one. I I may have died in in vain for, for our efforts, but... Uh, we did come off as technically a success. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do enjoy a lot of that mechanics uh, that are attached to this. It definitely is something a little bit deeper. Um, there's a couple learn-to-play videos out there that are a little lengthy. Mm-hmm. I didn't find anyone that did like anything short or sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a reason for it, because there's a lot going on. Yeah. I did like the feeling of dread that you get playing the game. Because mm-hmm. you feel like you're just getting whomped on nonstop. I mean, at one point we had... But you never feel like all hope is lost. There's always that, like, well, if we can kill this thing in the it's, room... It's like playing... Or, or shoving you... Um, wait, you're about to die because you're bleeding out. Let's shove you out of this room. Yeah. So that you can live, maybe... And then I'll run out, and then I'll take the damage, and... Yeah, it's... And it's, then you shove me out... My uh, scientist in, in his wheelchair rolls down the corridor and the door shuts behind him. Yeah. Locking you in the room with the adult. Yeah. Womp womp. And it was, it was, like, it was 
like playing chess with aliens. Like, I can walk down here. I'm severe, severely wounded. If I take any more damage, I'm going to die. So I can't put myself in the position to take that damage. Right. And it's just nonstop. But it is... It's a lot of fun. It's very rewarding when you get through it. Um, and... Yeah. Every game I've played um, and won, it felt like a battle to win. Mm-hmm. Nothing was ever easy. Yeah. Um, my solo game, for example, is a good one. Solo, you get two of those solo or co-op objectives, and then when you encounter the alien uh, for the first time, you have... Just like the uh, the, the mm-hmm. semi-co-op game. You have to pick one, and that's what you're going to do. Well, I had to get the blue corpse, which is the, the crew member that you wake up out of the hibernation chamber and find dead, to the surgery mm-hmm. room. So first thing, he's he's in the room with me, turn one. I pick a, pick up the corpse and start slugging, lugging it around. Mm-hmm. I almost had to do a complete 360 of the ship. Mm-hmm. To find the stupid surgery room so I could get that objective done. And had I just gone a slightly different direction, like four turns in, I would have found it, opposed to like mm. 12 turns in. And you only have 15 rounds in the game before the ship hits hyperspace, regardless of where you're at. And if you're not in an escape pod or hibernation chamber, you're dead. Yeah, so I had to drag his, his uh, dead body all over the place. <laughs> Trying like, is this the lab? Nope. Is this the lab? Nope. Is that sur- surgery? Uh, hello, surgery. Hello. Yeah. No. Yeah, and uh, it was a little weird because cinematically, like, I had to bring him to surgery for mm-hmm. post like post mortem surgery, and then I just took an escape sh- uh, craft off the sh- off the ship myself. Like, I I left his corpse there and let peace, and left and won, but they'll man. figure this out later. Uh, also, the ship had technically blown up on that, but I was off of it, so I say I, I survived. I mean, I'll take that as a win. Right. It was a win. Yeah. But it felt weird, because I had to, like, I'm going to get his body to surgery. Eh, nope, I'm out. Yeah. No, that's fun. So, um, replay value. I'd say there's a lot of replay value in there. Um, between the different characters, the different objectives, the co-op, the semi-co-op, everything. Right. And this is just the core box game. There is two more expansions coming that were already part of the Kickstarter. There's mm-hmm. a stretch goal box that's giving you a uh, seventh character, uh, the medic. Which I'm going to be really excited to see what the medic can do. Because mm-hmm. getting wounded seems to be the most deadly thing that happens to you is yeah I, my scientist almost bled out like four different times when we were playing this last so. we had to figure out who was going to be able to take the damage and then move the other one out of the way right um so it definitely has a lot of replay value it does play longer with more players but i do like the higher player count experience yeah it doesn't run too bad at two it doesn't play terribly at solo but if you want that who done it, maybe someone's going to try to off you mm-hmm. um, mechanic, then I would definitely say play with at least uh, four, four or five players. Yeah. Let's talk about recommendations. What we like to do here is talk not necessarily like, yes, we recommend this game um, or 
no, we don't recommend this game. My view on games is there's usually an audience for everybody, mm-hmm. unless it's like truly like an exceptional game that mm-hmm. everybody should at least try, or the other extreme of please no no don't no don't do it. Oh my God, you're 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 su- suggesting this to me. Ah, uh, so unless it's on one of those super extremes, it I'm not gonna be the one to like blanket say this is a game for you or this mm-hmm. is not a game for you. Um. If you love sci-fi horror, if you like sci-fi definitely, horror. definitely would suggest this. Um, if you like cinematic theme dripping games, mm-hmm. this is a good one for you. If you are not a fan of hidden objectives and hidden traders and not having the ability to trust each other at the table, mm-hmm. um, this may not be the game for you unless you play it in co-op mode or solo. Um which definitely take a little of the, the suspense out of it. Mm-hmm. But I definitely see where people could enjoy that a little bit. I didn't see in the, the big multiplayer the the people gunning for each other as much, but that tension was there. Mm-hmm. And if you're not comfortable with that tension, then you may not like that. No. Um, it is a little bit on the heavier or chunkier side, so that would be another maybe negative if or if you don't like those heavy longy longer games mm-hmm. um or um if you're prone to analysis paralysis i'd be very careful of this one because each turn you have a lot of options that you can do you have and what is optimal is very subjective and what is optimal on this round as you're going through the table Maybe different on the next round. I may want to give something to you and then order you out of the room. But if you're going to do something the next turn, it may not be cohesive or it might not work out. So it's a lot of planning on top of planning on top of planning. So, yeah. So, so definitely, um, it's something that it uh, scratches one of my itches that I've been lacking is like a deep sci-fi game. Mm-hmm. that um, had a lot of theme to it. Uh, last time I kind of had a heavy theme like this in a sci-fi game might have been Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. um, which was very, very good. But that was like two tr- two teams, not sure who's on what team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't think if there was another sci-fi game that quite got the same feeling or itch for it. Yeah. It's... It's one of those skin, uh, skin of your teeth kind of games too. So mm-hmm. if you don't like feeling like you're constantly about to die, and you're constantly about to lose the game, it's gonna be a rough ride for you for the full two hours. Right. It's not a short ride either. Yeah. Um. So I think that's gonna be kind of our final thoughts on it. If you like big, long, heavy theme-based games that um, give you a lot of suspense and a lot of stories to tell mm-hmm. after it, great. Take a look at it. It's coming to retail soon. Um, if you are not in the mode for that, then definitely find something else. Um, you know, I would even say something like Arkham Horror, where it's more Lovecraftian and then sci-fi. Mm-hmm. At least everybody's on the same team. Yeah. And you still have that edge of your seat. We may not even make it through on this one. Mm-hmm. So... That's our kind of final thoughts on Nemesis, and if you have any thoughts of yourself, definitely use our email, 
which is tabletoparcanum at gmail.com. Write to us, let us know. Also, you can drop us a comment on Facebook or Instagram. Mm -hmm. We're on both of those. Yeah, that's about it. Anything else? No, uh, we still have to figure out what we're doing next time. Next time we're talking about the 24-hour D&D session. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, like, you even said it. Like, we're going to be talking about our 24-hour D&D-a-thon for charity. And, uh, and see if we have all of our marbles. Or at least the same number of marbles we had when we started. Yeah. Um, we will... We'll definitely be doing something. Yeah. Uh... But so we'll probably recap what we did. Uh, any interesting th- facts, fun mm-hmm. things we may have learned. It might be a little bit of a lighter uh, episode next time, but yeah, I think we'll need it after 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 twenty four hours of straight D and D yeah. and then uh, playing a heavy game like Nemesis. So until next time, this is Justin and uh, this is Ricky, and to go along with aliens, we're out of this world. No, nothing. In, hey, man, I'm trying to be punny here. Wow, but in space, no one can hear you pun. <laughs>